In this episode, Ryan Griggs and I take a deeper look at the infinite banking concept. What is the infinite banking concept? And for me, it's a question that I've kind of grapple with a lot because it's a lot of things to a lot of people. And just at the end of that last episode, you were talking about how, you know, it, it checks a lot of boxes, that there's the truth about money, that there's some revisionist history, that there's, you know, the incorporating pieces of the Austrian business cycle theory. You know, so how do you, when you think of the infinite banking concept, what, what first comes to mind when you think, you know, what is it? What is the concept? What is the infinite banking concept? You know, in a nutshell, it is really um, learning how to actually become your own banker seceding from the banking system that we have today. I mean, not that we don't, you know, have to have a checking account and a savings account, but being dependent upon, you know, third party capital. I've heard you say that and write about that, Absolutely. you know, being dependent on the third party lender. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, but when, when I say it's the truth about money, you know, Banking is, banking exists, and if you don't perform the banking function in your life, somebody else will, and we are almost conditioned as a people to abdicate our responsibility or not even recognize that we do have a responsibility. Absolutely. Right? And so the whole narrative in the in the uh, financial world, the noise. And I mean, we're all surrounded by noise, no question. And some of the worst noise is in the financial world on purpose. You know, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, right? But I'm a student of history. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, You know, you just keep your head down. You keep working. Look up, pay your taxes. Go to school, work hard, get a job. Yeah, finance it all. Right, right, and don't learn. Never learn how the value of capital, the discipline, and the respect that it requires. Put money in your tax qualified account. Oh my gosh! Spend your cash as soon as possible. Retire poor. Right? No, shoot, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. Taxes go down. Yeah, sure. You know, eat beans and rice. You know, let's scrimp by. Let's scrimp by now. Don't sure. Scrap by later, you know. Um, you know we're just not taught the value of money, our own money, mm-hmm. right? And and then if you have money, it requires discipline and respect, like I, you know, alluded to. But then uh, you abdicate, even sometimes unknowingly, right? Mm-hmm. Abdicate your responsibility to fulfill the banking function, and if you don't. Somebody else will, yeah, and they're going to profit from it. Absolutely. Oh my God, and have control over you and your money. Mm-hmm. So, what is the infinite banking concept? It is a solution if you want to become your own banker. Mm-hmm. And banking, I think that word holds up a lot of people, like you said at the beginning there. That think of checking accounts or. Savings account. Online banking. Right. Yeah. There's one fly in the room. You know, it hasn't showed up <laughs> all weekend. Have you seen those salt guns? <laughs> we could use one. Uh, 
But when we talk about... And we should get them to be a sponsor. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but when we talk about banking, it's not it's not checking. The salt gun manufacturer should be a sponsor. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Okay. <laughs> not the banks. No banking sponsors. Exactly. They ever even listen to this. But uh, yeah, the, the movement of money, right, is banking. It's the, the borrowing and repaying. Uh, Deposits, withdrawals, loans, loan repayments, mm -hmm. savings account, checking account. You know, nothing goes on in the big wide world unless there's an exchange of money. Absolutely. One half of every transaction. Right. Mm -hmm. Banking, just the movement of money. Yeah. And I, when I talk to friends or whoever, you know, I don't care where you are. You have friends? You know, one or two. Okay. You know, we get together every yeah. now and then, holidays. <laughs> Can yeah. you name them? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, uh, uh, I don't care if you're in a restaurant, movie theater, public square, wherever you are. You know, you can easily say, let's look around the room. Don't care how much money the people there make. Don't care what they do, what industry they're in, whether they own their own business or they're working for somebody else. Most people don't have control of capital. And I mean... Like most, like 99.9. I mean, the banker loaning you money down there, approving your loan at the bank, <laughs> including them, including them, including them. You know, they're an they're just an employee working for the bank owner, whoever that is. And you mean the lieutenants at the IMF? Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody, people, everybody, right? Um, all down the line, you know, politicians, I don't care who, everybody. Uh, and we're you're exactly right. It's a preconditioned narrative. We're not taught to think about it at all. We don't bat an eye at borrowing to pay for the car, borrowing to pay for the house. It's zero percent, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. One or two percent. Free money. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You get to deduct the interest on the mortgage anyway. Exactly. You get a tax break. <laughs> How, you know, altruistic of the government to provide all of these incentives to become dependent upon third-party capital. And so when I start talking to people about the infinite banking concept, you know, under, for me, for underneath banking, underneath the idea of banking is capital. And so I have written about it quite a bit. You know, I think all economists get it wrong. What the, I mean, maybe there's a handful who don't. There's a few out there who talk about. Can you name them? I'm kidding. <laughs> there's a, we agreed no names. We uh, did. We we agreed not to uh, name names. Right. Right. Just about the ideas. But there's a few economists out there who understand that capital is a financial concept. It's a monetary concept. You know, it's. If you boil it down, I don't think this is a word, but it should be. It's just leverageable value, okay. financial value that can be borrowed against. Uh, now, you can also liquidate capital, right? You can spend it. You know, well, let's, you know, you mentioned that the uh, economists have it wrong, you know, when it comes to capital. Yeah. You know, give us a breakdown. Uh, you know, the economist looks at capital as a machinery, equipment. You know, yeah, and it's super. You know, the word capital is used for so many different things, very loosely used, you know. And, and people, 
I've gotten the objection sometimes, you know, you're being too particular, you know, it's just a semantic thing. You know, you know what they mean. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, let's go to your heart doctor and just let him, you know, oh, liver, heart, whatever. They're both organs, right? Who cares? You know, close enough. You know, he's pointing to your chest, right? Uh, no, I, it, it, I always say, excuse me, yeah, that words have meaning. Absolutely. You know, words have power. Yeah. Right. So, you have to be specific. You know, the truth is in the word. Oh, my gosh. The logos. Anyway, we could go, that, we could go all the way down that rabbit hole. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. So specificity counts and capital is a particular thing. What it has come to be thought of as by economists is stuff. Machines, equipment, factories. You know, people have all sorts of perverse uses for capital now. Human capital, right? Human capital management is the new term for human resources. You know, human capital sounds to me like slavery. Uh, yeah, but there's any any kind of use for the word capital. But for the businessman, you know, to to explain what the economist what the economist role should be as far as explaining prices, explaining why. Things are the way they are in the material world, right? The, the reasons, the underlying foundations as to why transactions happen the way they do. If you want to get into that, which is what economics started as, it's what it should be, then capital has a very specific, narrow definition. Um, and so for Austrian economics in particular, you know, they've... I think they get it wrong too. They've got a, you know, what counts as Austrian capital theory today is a theory about the physical nature of stuff. You know, the machinery, machinery, the equipment, the, the, the higher order production goods, right? Things that you don't consume right away. The stuff you use to make other stuff, right? That's capital. And even, even in modern Austrian capital theory. Uh, and that's based off of a footnote, a literal footnote, in an 1871, 1871 book by uh, Karl Menger. Karl Menger is the founder of the Austrian school. Mm -hmm. What almost nobody knows is that 17 years later, in 1888, he wrote a separate manuscript, 51 pages, still in German, not yet translated. Almost no one's read it. People don't even know it exists. You know, we had a conversation a couple of months ago, and I asked you the question, well, can't the Austrians gather up a few bucks and have it translated? You know, I think that's that still needs to happen. I mean, it's I uh, it's unbelievable. I can't – it blew me away that this was – the reason it blew me away is because he, he completely changes his mind. Karl Menger the, in 1888 has a totally different view of what he alluded to in his footnote in 1871. I mean, it's a big... That's a big deal a, if you're Austrian. Deal. It's a, yeah, if you're concerned about a economics... Or a whole paper that's yet to be translated. Yeah, yeah. over 150 years later. Yeah, yeah it still drives me crazy. Uh, but there's you know, a, a unpublished, private English translations floating out there. I may or may not have read one. Uh, <laughs> you know, who knows who the, has the copyright and all that. But, uh, you know. But in, you're pretty sure that, he changed his mind, huh? Absolutely. And I've talked to a couple professors who read German and English, write in English. Uh, and there are a few published academic papers out there. Okay. 
where parts of uh, the 1888 paper is translated. And Manger's quite clear, the whole point of all this, Manger's very clear that capital is a financial concept. And it's, it's imbued with purpose. Like the, this financial value has a, a purpose. You know, it's to acquire wealth. Right, so capital is that financial value of whatever you own that you're going to use to acquire other stuff. Money. Yeah. And you know what is crazy? The, the word capital appears in Becoming Your Own Banker in one form or another 73 times. I counted. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's integral. Was, he, was Nelson talking about equipment, buildings? People, human people, human Perfect capital. Perfect question. And the answer is, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. So Nelson Nash. Money. Yeah. Nelson Nash in 2000, the year 2000, and first had the idea back in like 1980. But in the book, written in 2000, Nelson Nash has the proper understanding of capital that all but five economists in the world <laughs> understand. I mean, that's from for someone who comes from an Austrian economics background, an academic background. That's a big deal. It, you know, for someone who doesn't come from an Austrian economics background, when you were sharing with me um, this unpublished paper or untranslated, unpublished, um, I knew who I know who Karl Menger was. I heard one of the uh, one hundred about a one hundred year old recording of Karl Menger. Oh, really? Wow. The uh, University of Vienna, hmm. right? You know, wow. so I'm I'm just like, wait a minute, the Austrians, they, somebody should have published that or translated yeah. it in the last hundred years. It is a big deal. I can only imagine how big of a deal it is for the Austrian economist. And on the outside looking in, I'm like, my God, man, you know, go get it translated and published. Hello, yeah, like get to it, right? Yeah, uh, you know, so that a hundred years, you're trying not to do it. Right. Yeah, and you, you mentioned it. In That's a, funny. I don't care who you are. In the in the first episode, you mentioned that you're not a big fan of multi level marketing, oh. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you know when a salesperson you know graduated college, degree in marketing, figured out that you can make money in finance, you know when they stumble upon infinite banking and then treat it like another sales concept. Oh my gosh. Ah, uh, you know it's there's. There's so much that's deeper to all of this that is not discussed, that's not known. Uh, the infinite, so what, like what the infinite banking concept is to me, from based on my understanding, where I come from intellectually and all of that, my history, is that it's just the best way to build capital. But you got to unpack the word capital. You know, that's, there's a lot there. As Especially if you're Austrian. Yeah, as there should be. It's no a question, you know, and so you can you can go from there. You know, there's a whole there's all sorts of reasons why. Uh, but that's the foundation. And, you know, kind of going expanding on that, you know, out there in the big financial world. That we have this delusion, this myth. I don't know. It could be a lie. You know, I just lie and inquire <laughs> intention. I don't know. But Less than honest. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's convenient. Put it that way. It's yes. convenient that in the in the financial world and in mainstream and everywhere, all financial advice nearly, that saving 
is he is this supposed to be the same as investing? Oh. Right. If you save, well, obviously that means you're investing. Uh, especially nowadays, where and if you're investing, that means you're saving. Right. They they become interchangeable. And right. Yeah. Uh, especially nowadays, where even at your local cartelized commercial bank, you don't get paid any interest on your quote unquote savings account. You know, so it's and we we don't even really even realize that there's a distinction between saving and investing. Uh, and that how convenient, you know, the entire and, and they're very upfront about this. You know, the entire mainstream financial world is built upon a concept called assets under management. Your assets under their management. <laughs> right. The, I mean, it's so upfront, like the, the goal is to separate you from control of your money. Right? It's under their management, not yours. And this, so there's the pervasive idea that you know, saving is investing, and in order to invest, you have to get rid of control of your money. Well, as far as capital is concerned, the last thing you want to do is give up control. Well, listen, the guru 3,000 miles away knows better than you what to do with your money and you need to pay him for his knowledge. Oh, well, you're busy and you're not an expert, so you, know, you need to pay somebody who is. Yeah, you don't know. Okay, I digress. But so banking, capital, what is capital? You're unpacking that and then... Yeah, and say, so it's not investing, right? And one thing that is out there in the world today is this idea that doing the infinite banking concept Right, which involves purchasing properly structured dividend paying whole life insurance, right? Doing that, there's this idea out there that, oh, this is the best way to invest. Oh my gosh. You know? Whole life is the best investment. I'm saying that facetiously for anybody who's not yeah, hearing, life insurance is not an investment. I mean, just you know, I don't know the last the five minutes there that you've spent. Literally, we could spend about three hours on. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah. and we will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, to be continued. Yeah. But seriously, there's, you know, it's, we're not, this is not investing. And we're not helping ourselves by, by alluding to the idea that it could be an investment. You know, and we, well, we could in the future probably spend a whole episode on the history of whole life, you know, but. And we will. And, but Congress tried to kill this idea the the favorable tax treatment of dividend paying whole life insurance and and the the cudgel they used to bludgeon the industry with was the idea that we're investing and that we're the escaping taxes rich people are taking advantage of a loophole right and that was in my opinion we have the transcript they're available online yep. the transcripts of the senate hearing of what you're speaking about and 80, 1988, 88, 88. Um, that was a collusion from Wall Street, in my opinion, and the senators, right? And then the uh, people who sold term insurance to yeah. attack life insurance because of the tax treatment of life insurance, um, completely baseless, yeah, right? Absolutely. But they were successful in limiting what you can do with dividend paying life insurance yes. 
but got their foot in the door. They got their, well, that, hell, that's how they always start, right? Yeah. Get the foot in the door, we're going to tax the rich. Well, who's rich? If you make more than a million a year. Well, 10 years from now, you know, you're rich if you make more than 50000 You get your foot in the door and then it grows. Absolutely. I mean, all right, so. Yeah, so building capital. There, there will be a podcast on that topic. Absolutely. All right. Uh, but for now, building capital in a dividend-paying whole life insurance policy, which is what we're doing with the infinite banking concept, is not investing. That's not what we're doing. Uh, so it's, again, it goes back to that simple definition. The way I see it is that the infinite banking concept is the best way to build capital. And the reason that it, one of the contributing factors, you know, sometimes I'll explain infinite banking to somebody. You know, I'd say, give me an hour and, you know, You'll, you'll, you'll get the essentials of it real quick. <laughs> and can, uh, can I have your elevator pitch or speech, whatever, you know? You oh, yeah. Let me just bust that out. Let me give you my 30-second pitch about yeah, yeah, the history yeah. of, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll tell people, we'll go through the main gist of infinite banking, and, uh, you know, they'll say, well, is this legal? Like, why isn't everybody doing this? If it's so good, why isn't everybody doing this? Well, one of the reasons that so few people, I mean, there's plenty of people out there that are, who are doing it, who have heard about it, but the reason, and you know, everybody and their mother isn't yet is because of this problem, this failed understanding, this problem in our economic thinking about what differentiates investment and capital and, and why that matters, you know? So to be, if people want to just upfront, you know, Investing, the purpose of investing is to generate income. Purpose of building capital is to build that pool of financial value that you'll use to acquire wealth in the future. And so, you know, it's like, oh, you're just a life insurance salesman, right? You're just selling life insurance. You know, I, I, I'm, I have my, oh, I'm not going to say names. So I've got my investment <laughs> person, you know, my money manager, who's the real expert, right? All you're doing is selling life insurance. You know, I, I'm going to be out investing. Oh, I get what you're doing. You see, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. The, so I think that, you know, we've been taught that the best way to invest is to get rid of the control of your money as quick as possible, right? Get into that tax qualified plan. You can't get there fast enough. Now, everybody what else if, is doing it. Right. So it must be right. If everybody else is doing it. What if the best way to invest is to first build capital? You know, the well-capitalized see investments, of, see opportunity in general, right? That could be investment opportunity, could be entrepreneurial opportunity. You know, the well-capitalized see unique, even exclusive, highly profitable investments that the cash poor, the undercapitalized, the non-capitalized never see. The uncapitalized. Yeah. Anyway, so the, uh, a little implication of that idea that the infinite banking concept is the best way to build capital, it's also the best way to lure attractive opportunity to you. Yeah, listen, when you, when you, and, excuse me, lure, you know, um, that has connotations, you know, to me, I mean, I grew up, uh, anyway, uh, capital attracts opportunity yeah right just naturally mm -hmm. period it it is right yeah so I digress. well and nelson says in becoming your own banker it's also in his second book 
uh, building a warehouse of wealth, that opportunity will come your way. Opportunity will track you down. And then in his live seminars, and he gets real front and center. So opportunity will hunt you down. Right. And it will. I mean, absolutely. How could you it? You know, um, infinite, the infinite banking concept, you know, banking and capital, you know, under that, the capital stock of a bank is money. Right. You, you are not, I mean, banking is the movement of money. Right. You're going to become your own banker or the infinite banking concept. The capital stock of a bank is money. So um, saving capital, building capital, um, you have to have capital or access to capital to perform banking. Mm -hmm. Right. So and I, I just want to say that the, the banking, the movement of money you know, your money must reside somewhere, right? When you consider the uh, infinite banking concept, the dividend-paying whole life insurance policies issued by mutual companies that uh, pay dividends, okay, and, and preferably pay dividends even if there's an outstanding loan, a non-direct recognition company mm -hmm. it's a place to build capital a place to put your money so there is some learning there's no question we're going to talk about that that's an underlying theme you have to um, do some unlearning that's part of learning right and everyone should take the opportunity to um, understand and learn about the infinite banking concept there's no question so putting your money somewhere so you can perform the banking function capital money is capital right from the Austrian side they don't uh, you can help them okay um, infinite look um, since we're talking about words and mm -hmm. and words have power look the uh, infinite is not finite right so um, whatever the mind can conceive it can achieve you know, whenever you have capital, access to your capital, preferably opportunities do appear. They do track you down. They do hunt you down. Um, and then, of course, you, you are your best investment. We all know that. Um, you have to invest in yourself and your God-given abilities and talents. Whenever you build capital, the opportunities to appear, you know, it will, it will help you, the individual, recognize what an opportunity is mm. it gives you the opportunity the ability you will learn if you don't have the ability to vet opportunities that's very powerful mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, concept is just an abstract idea right yeah. and 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 this is purely conceptual right nelson uh talks about the concept demonstrates the concept applies the concept, has applied the concept for over 50 years, 60, mm -hmm. over 60 years. Um, it has a history, right? Just the infinite banking concept right. has a history. Life insurance has a long history, which there will be a podcast on that as well. Right. Okay. And I talk a lot about, you know, the, the capital stock of a bank is money. Well, you know, since words have power and words have meaning, let's think about that for a minute, okay? I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. All right? You know, it snows down here. Maybe 
uh, once or twice every two or three years, mm-hmm. right? And it lasts maybe two or three days. Okay. I married a beautiful girl from West Des Moines, Iowa. You know, I married up. And uh, you know, it snows up there sometimes, unbelievably. A little it's more often. <laughs> I don't know why they don't move. <laughs> okay, when it snows and that snow, you know, mixed with a little wind or whatever, piles up against the barns and buildings. Mm-hmm. You know what they call that? A snowbank? Yep. <clears throat> Your snow drifts. Yeah, it's a snowbank, right? Okay. If you and I, if you and I were going to go down and get blood today, where would we go? A blood bank. A blood bank. Right? If we were floating down a river in a canoe, what's the pile of dirt on both sides of the river? A riverbank. You probably fish from one, haven't you? Well, I'm, I've heard of people who have. My God, son, you, <laughs> you, you, we, I'm going to have to take you fishing on a riverbank, okay? <clears throat> so a bank can be an aggregate of any one thing, mm-hmm. all right? So we're just talking about putting your money, your capital, your savings right into an entity that you own and control and piling it up and when you have a pile of money opportunity appears yeah right um and then concept like i said it's an abstract idea right well if you have a pile of money in an entity that you own and control then you are better equipped and prepared to control the banking function in your life Mm -hmm. right so well, that's pretty good. I think we're just about at the end of our time for this episode, but there you have it. The infinite banking concept, an unlimited abstract concept about how to build and use your money. And where and to where to do it. Where to put your money. Yep, that was fun. I can't wait till the next one. Um, we'll get into more detail. I assure you, we're giving you the background, you know, exposing ourselves and our personalities and you know um whether you participate in the infinite banking concept or not god bless you um we just want to promote the idea or the knowledge that there is the opportunity for you to control your finances maybe uh more so than you think you know thanks for watching thank you for listening if you've enjoyed the content Leave us a like or a thumbs up, share us with your friends, give us some feedback, and we'll see you next time.